Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the 442 podcast. And today, Liam, we've got Super Mark Atkins, former of Scunthorpe United, Blackburn Rovers, Wolverhampton Wanderers, York City, Doncaster, Hull City, and finished at Shrewsbury Town. Yep, that's right. But let me finish. We're a Premiership winner. We'll get that straight in there now. There's not many about. No, oh, that makes the big difference. Not many around here. I think it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's your first question you get, don't you? Yeah, you know, it's a, something you can't take away from you, can they? It's, you know, it's something you've got to be very proud of, yeah. So did it all start at Scunthorpe? You're a Donny lad, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a Donny lad. I was born here and... Um, you know, I lived in a village called Hatfield, which is on the outskirts, really, of Doncaster. Um, grew up also with football, kicking against the wall and, you know, the wall of the house and playing in the park with mates and things like that. And, you know, as you, as you get older, you, you get into teams and things like that, and that's just how it worked out. But, uh, you know, football was the only thing, really, that, that was, uh, you know, I wanted to do. And luckily, it came right for me. Do you remember your debut? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, it, it's a, you know, when you get to 14 in them days, you generally know, it, it was like schoolboy forms, wasn't it? It wasn't like the, the academy, there was no academy going on, stuff like that. So uh, I got to 40. I mean, I've been training with Barnsley, I've been training with Leeds, I've been training with Donny. Donny was my team. I've, I've watched Donny uh, since I was four years old, you know, and he, that, he used to go every week to watch. And, and so Donny was my team. So school holidays used to come and it'd be here, there and everywhere training with different teams and all that. But Donny was the one I wanted to sign for. Uh, but no offer came through. As I got to 14 and still no offer, I got offered a trial at Scunthorpe. Uh, went, went to Scunthorpe United on the Sunday. It was a Sunday afternoon, uh, April, really sunny day. Got there. There must have been 110, 120 kids there coming at the same time. You, had, you got two 20-minute games... You know, I played one at left wing, I played one at right back. You know what I mean? There was no organisation whatsoever. You couldn't see, there was two guys organising it where you couldn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? So, and end of the games that you played, you just went home. So, 
just come back. Never, nobody said a word to you. Just right, thanks very much. See you later. So I get home. Get I get in the I go upstairs. Get in the bath. I'm laying in the bath, and there's a knock on the door. And I'm thinking, oh, it's, you know, no, nothing to do with me. So still laying there. Within five minutes later, my sister runs up the stairs. Says, you need to get out of the bath. Get out of the bath quick. I'm like, well, I'm not getting out of the bath. You know, I'm playing football. I'm having a rest. Like, no, no, get out of the bath now. Someone here to see you. So gets out of the bath and comes downstairs. I've got Alan Clark, Scunthorpe United manager, the great Alan Clark, sat on the settee with a cup of tea in his hand and a, a, a piece of paper on his knee. And he went, uh, oh, you'll be wondering why I'm here, but I was stood uh, watching the games and you're the only one that, uh, out of all them kids that we want to take on. And he says, I'm not leaving this house until you sign this schoolboy form. So I signed the schoolboy form and that's where me... Scunthorpe United started. I mean, I, at 14 year old, uh, I did pre season with the first team because obviously there was no youth team. You know, they had two apprentices every year. Um, but I, I made my debut while I was still at school. Wow. Uh, at 16. Um, so what happened is I, I obviously went straight into the under 18 team at 14, 15. I was playing for the under 18s because you didn't have enough players and you just played, but I was handling it all right. Got into the reserves, played in the reserves all the time in the Central League. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Alan Clark had left and Frank Barlow uh, became manager of Scunthorpe. And he, he kept saying to me, I want you to come with the first team on Saturday. And he was taking me to places like Crew, Stockport, and Rochdale, and I'm picking kit up off the floor and none of the apprentices were coming, you know what I mean? So and he kept saying, "No, I want you to get just see so you know what it's gonna what it's like and stuff like that." So I'd done it for a few weeks and that, and then they offered me a, a an apprenticeship when I finished my um, O levels, and I turned it down, and I, I stayed on at school for two years to do A levels, um, and it actually worked out better for me, because um, I ended up the school worked out that I could do three days at school to do my A levels, and two days I'd go to Scunthorpe training. So I got best of both worlds with it, but like I say, it was taking me all over the all over the country, a lot of places, and and picking the kit up and you know tidying up, and then and then he said to me, um, we get to eight, back in the season, it was uh, April sometime, and he says, right, we we play Wrexham tomorrow. I want you to come to Wrexham. I'm like, Wrexham, you having a laugh? You know what I mean? But how can you say no? So I get on the bus and. Travelling all down there, get gets to the ground, the lads go on the pitch. So I'm helping the kit man pull the kit out and, and everything, just helping him out. And, and I just sit down in the corner. So I sat in the corner, they changed one like I did on all the other places. And and uh, Frank comes in, he names a team, and uh, and he said, uh, and substitute Mark Atkins. And I've got my head down, and I'm thinking, did he just said my name there? And uh, yeah, he said, so the, the, and everybody was coming and saying, oh, congratulations and all that, like, you know what I mean? So when I, I, I got on, I played the last 25 minutes. Uh, we were down to 10 men before then. Uh, played that game, that was my debut. And then the week after I started the game, and that was my, my full debut. So I was only, like I say, 16. And uh, it went on from there, really. But, uh, but you know, to be fair to Frank, he'd, he'd had to get permission from the school, because I was still at school. Uh, he told all my parents, so they were all there, very... And everything, and just just didn't tell me, so I didn't want to get in it. And then, so I'm sat there. I, I, you know, how daft it is. I'd even put my own boots out, and not even thought about it. Didn't didn't realise they were mine. 
You know, because I said to him, well, I've got no books. He went, oh, yeah, they're there. You know, so it's unbelievable. Fate. Yeah, yeah. It was meant to be. Yeah. But obviously he saw a lot in you because, I mean, he was, and looking at it now, he was taking you around the country, getting yeah, you ready, wasn't right. he? Yeah, just to see what's going on. And it was a little bit of a test of character as yeah. well, to see how you reacted every week to yeah. putting the kit out, putting the kit away. And Definitely, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. But then, well, obviously, when I done my eight, I got at two A-levels, and then I signed a professional two-year contract. And that's when I started playing, you know, all the time sort of thing. Yeah. What was your position? Well, it's a funny one because when I signed originally, Alan Clark said that I'd make a really good right back. I was a big, biggest lad, you know, thin and, you know, could, could pass a ball and, and stuff like that. So I started playing right back. But then during the youth games, you'd play midfield or you'd play centre-half if someone was missing and stuff like that. And I played a lot, um, either right back, left back or sweeper or centre-half at Scunthorpe. You know, depending on what was happening on the new, when the new managers came in. Mick Buxton came in and I played a lot left back. He liked to right footed play left back, you know what I mean? But before then, we, we played the, the sweeper system and I played sweeper for quite a while, which was good. You know, so all over the place. Really. I've never really said, could say until I went to Blackburn that, you know, there was a position that I was going to make my own, really. There's something good here. You've got something in common with John. You've played with two players. Dave Shearer and David Reeves. And Duncan Shearer. Yeah, well. And yeah. Duncan Shearer. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of, it comes from a little village, same as you, middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dave. both great lads, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Dave Reeves, David Reeves later came on at uh, Bolton with yeah. us. He, he came, came on loan from Chef Wednesday to us, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good thought, yeah. Hard working striker. Yeah, good player. Good lad. Yeah, he, he was only young, he was only about 18 at that time, I think, yeah. something like that. But yeah, scored his goals and, you know, great lad to have around, yeah. When did people start sniffing around you? Well, I mean, I got, I got offered quite a lot. Of, to be fair, I had, I had 10 offers from an American university to go over there. Because uh, when, I, when I did my, when I stayed on the school for the two, the two year A-levels, I played for England schoolboys under 18 for two years uh, and captain the second year. So there was a lot of interest for me to go to America. Uh, but obviously I signed my two year contract and not really thought anything about it. Then two years, there was no, no comments about, um, you know, or so and so's looking at you, or this club's looking at you. It was a case of, you know, just playing. I mean, you know, in them days, and you, you'll know yourself, John, that, you know, in the, in the, it was Division Four, you know, and there were players playing for the mortgage. That's right. So it was a tough school. You know what I mean? You had to do your job. It's as simple as that. They looked after me because I was young, and they would say, you know, if somebody tried to kick me, then they'd go and kick them because you couldn't do it in them days. But the main learning curve was these players are playing for a win bonus that can take them, give them a bit of money in the week. You know what I mean? They had to get results to keep their contracts and things like that. It was, it was a really tough school. So I learned the hard way um, and didn't really know about it. The, the only thing I knew, my contract's coming up the second year and I got offered a new deal by Scunthorpe, uh, but uh, Alan Clark wanted me at Barnsley. Obviously, um, you know, second second level championship now, what you would say. Um, so I knew there was that on the table, uh, but I didn't know nothing about any, anything from Blackburn and that just came out of the blue, really. So I, but end of the season, I, I turned the, I mean, I went in to see Mick Buxton and um, he, I was the last one in. So on the, the final day, 
training. You know, you d- we, we played in the playoffs, actually. We played Torquay away the last game of the season. And who did we get in the playoffs? Torquay away. So we probably had to go back the next week and play them. We got beat in the first leg of the playoffs. And then, so on the Monday, we were in to sort all the contracts out and everything. And there were six of us who were out of contract. And I was the last one on the sheet. So I go in and he says to me, um, oh, yeah, I'm offering you a new two-year deal. He said, you're the only one getting a pay rise. I said, right, okay. So I was on, I was only on about 110 pounds, something like that, you know what I mean? It was, it was nothing. I think I was getting a 20 pound pay rise. And, uh, and I said, uh, all right, that's great. I said, I'll, I'll let you know. And he went by me. He said, how can you let me know when I'm known that you're the only one that's getting a pay rise? He might have said this to everybody. You know, you don't know, do you? Yeah. But, you know, you should be signing straight away and stuff like that. I said, oh, well, I'll just go and think about it. But then on the, a couple of days later, I went to Barnes and spoke to Alan Clark. He basically offered he offered me two hundred fifty quid a week, um, and but said um, he had the Joe Joyce playing right back, mm-hmm. and he said he's got another year left in him, so you'll play in the reserves for a year. If he gets injured, then you'd come in, but then the season after, then you'll be first choice. So it was like all right, fair enough. So I said I'll, I'll go away and think about. It. Yeah, no problem because we knew each other and all that. Like. But then the day after, I got a call out of the blue from Tony Parts for me, obviously assistant manager at Blackburn. And he said, uh, you know, we, we've been watching you for quite a while. You know, would you fancy coming over for a chat and see if you want, you want to sign for us? So that, that week we went over um, and but I, signed, I signed there and then. They offered me the same money, 250 quid, but basically said Chris Price was going to Aston Villa and uh, we, I would start the season and then it's up to me whether I stay in the team and that's all I needed to know. So, so when you got to Blackburn, obviously, but no disrespect to Scunthorpe, a bigger yeah. club, far bigger club, stadium, everything else. Straight, did you move over straight away? Yeah, straight away. Yeah, in the hotel for three months with, with a certain Mr Andy Kennedy who was like the party animal of the, of the, uh, of the group. So it wasn't uh, a relaxing three months, I must say that, but... Uh, yeah, it was great. And straight in, like I say, in a hotel and, and staying there before I bought a house and, and moved moved everything over, yeah. Family, settling straight away? Yeah, just about, yeah. yeah it was great. Blackburn's a great town. Lovely you know, part of the country. You know, yeah, beautiful. It's, um, you know, great people. Mm-hmm. You know, always been really good to me. And uh, I, I will say that, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was different. I mean, the, the quality of players were far better. It was simple as that. And I had to adapt, but... That first season, I played every league game. We had 10 games pre-season. Uh, and, and I played actually a couple of um, reserve games when they were short. So I played over, I, I played 60, 60 games in the first team, 10 of the pre-seasons, that was 70, and probably two or three reserves. So I played probably 73, 74 games that year. And never had a niggle? Well, yeah, I mean, I think we, we both know that you used to play with Nichols, didn't you? Absolutely. You know, I, th- I think you could count, probably count on one hand or career where you were fully fit. You know, there's always something that was bothering you, but you just got on, in them days, you just got on and played. It was simple as well, that. You got on and played, man, simply because of your shirt and, and you yeah. didn't want to lose the no, shirt that's right. as well. So it yeah. was important you played. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we did really well. We got the playoffs uh, straight away at Blackburn. I mean, that was a, that, that, that season was the most, um, the hardest season to finish with. I don't know, you know, we, we, we got in the playoffs, we beat Watford over two legs to get to the playoff final, which was then two legs again. And we got Crystal Palace. Um, Jeff Thomas, Mark Bright, Ian Wright, all that side. 
But we played the first leg at Ewood. Uh, we were 4-2 up. In the first leg, we five minutes left, we got a penalty. Howard Gale steps up, misses the penalty. So 5-2, you would have thought, game over. Finish. Do you know what I mean? But 4-2 just gives him a chance. So we go to Sellers Park, full house. You know, they've got fans all over the place. We've got a tiny corner with Blackburn fans in. And uh, I think I think Mark Bright scored, and I think Wrighty scored. Uh, so he took it to extra time. And, and as it's going through extra time, they score again. So now they're in, they're in lead. And we've got probably 10, 12 minutes left. And all the, all the crowd moved onto the edge of the pitch. And they just let them. So we tried to take throw-ins. You was having to take throw-ins on the pitch because all the crowd was there and there was no way of stopping them. You know what I mean? So we just died out and we, we obviously got beat in a, in a situation where we thought we could get over the line. But then again, you look at it with the players we had and the money that was available, you know, straight into the first division would have been maybe a bit of a mistake, but it would have been great for everybody concerned. It Too was just, fast. Yeah, but a massive, dis biggest disappointment of my career, that one. Yeah? Yeah. Was that Don Mackay, the manager then? Don Mackay, yeah. He had some great players, Colin Hendry, yeah. Simon Garner, yeah. David May, I think he was even like coming yeah. through, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Some yeah, I mean, players, uh, yeah, I mean, Colin had just come the year before me, I mean, he scored the winner in the, the full members, so he became a hero straight away, but, you know, a great player, you know, centre-half, he grew really well into a centre-half. You know, I mean, and Garns was, was like just a local legend. I mean, he was unbelievable. <coughs> you know, he smoked, Drink, do, do everything you shouldn't do, and still score 30, 40 league goals a season. But did 90% of the footballers do that back then? Well, yeah. Maybe not some yeah. more, but they'll go out and no, live their life. The, the, the drinking culture was was there, wasn't it? And everybody did it. Yeah. It's just, if you didn't do it, you were an outsider. But everybody did it. You know, you were out three, four times a week. You know, after games, you know, you get a day off, you were out all day and, that and things like that. you together, sure, doesn't it? Going yeah. out having a crack. Yeah, and I think I suppose like, you can hear anything you want to say. Then if you're close, yeah. I think it's all right. Yeah, I think like we said earlier as well, it's uh, you know that that's probably why you see old teammates now, and it's like you were you were there yesterday, isn't it? You know what I mean? You you just get on all together because you you've been bonding in that sort of environment. Where these days, I don't think that happens. Well, I think Mark, when you've been so so through so much together, you know, and, and you know big games that mean a lot, and everything, and you've dragged each other through. I think, like you said there, you know, you meet you meet up with each other now, and the older we get, I think we appreciate yeah we appreciate everybody more, don't we? Yeah. And it's but you'll never lose that rapport or that camaraderie you had in the dressing room. No. I mean, these are boys that went to war with you. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like you spoke about Simon Gunn. I mean, we we come off the pitch, and <clears throat> obviously in them days there was a bath the size of this room. Yeah. And every year just everybody jumping in here, and that's it. But Garns would be in the bath, out, changed. And stood at the bar by the time anybody else gets it gets a chance to get chased. And he'd be have a pint of stout and a fag in his hand. Stood at the bar in the under club, which was the like the supporters club. And probably yeah. played a great game as oh, well. Yeah, but unbelievable. Yeah. 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 Scored probably two or three and then that's that's what he did. He's so legend, doesn't he? Yeah. Defies yeah. logic. Yeah. So when did you see start seeing the signs of Jack Walker putting the money in? Um probably I mean the first two years we got in the playoffs and like I say we got we got beat in both. Both late, both times, 88, 89, 89, 90. So it was really around 1991 that there were rumours that somebody's wanted to put money in. Now, Jack was a massive Blackburn Rovers supporter 
he, he was also at the games, he also had a box and you know, you'd see him around the club and things like that. So you knew who he was, but not nobody really had a good chat with him and, and everything. So I think the season 91-92, I mean, we had a bad season in uh, We finished, I think, fifth, sixth from bottom, something like that. It wasn't, wasn't great. Don Mackay was under a lot of pressure in that summer to get players in. He tried to get Mike Newell in, in, in so that was 91-92. He wouldn't, come, wouldn't leave Everton to come to Blackburn. Um, so we he managed to sign David Speedy, which was a great signing for us, you know, brilliant signing. Uh, signed Steve Agnew from Barnsley and, and Stuart Monroe from Rangers, signed yeah. him, signed him, but couldn't get that big player that we needed. And that was when Jack was started putting a bit of money in. So that was the reason he could he could try and get these players in. But we started the season really poorly. I, don't, I think we won one game in the first six and he was gone. You know, the sack Don um, wasn't nice because he was a great man. You know, you know, good, good manager, really man manager, really funny and things like that. But, you know, so Tony Parks took over as caretaker and first game we were Derby away. Now Derby were the ones that were spending money as well. They had a good setup and he just changed things all together. He put me in midfield, so I'd been playing right back for them three seasons. I played in midfield straight away and, and never looked back. You know what I mean? We won that game. We won three or four on the trot. Um, and ju we, it just kept the, kept the momentum going with the change. He brought three or four of the young, youngsters into the team to, to get a bit of energy in the team, and it worked. So it was full credit to Tony to take it where it is. Then all of a sudden, there's a rumour Kenny Dalglish is coming. You know, and it's like, Kenny Dalglish is never going to come to Blackburn. You know, he just left Liverpool because he was stressed and yeah. couldn't take it any longer. Well, why would he want to come to Blackburn? Well, he came because of Jack Walker. Jack Walker basically said to him, you know, what do you want? Simple as, I want you to get this club, I'll give you five years to get this club in, you know, to win the Premier League. And that's what happened within three. You know, so, story, isn't it? Yeah. Les, what, what was the first day like when he walked in? Well, he, we, we were playing Plymouth on the Saturday and it, it all came about that Friday that it was happening. Uh, with Plymouth at home on the, on the Saturday and him and Ray Hart, I mean, they offered massive, massive part to our success. You know, he did every training session and it, it's all done his way and he was absolutely fantastic. The best coach I've ever worked with and ever seen. You know, so they both came into the change room, shook hands with everybody. You know, we knew what was playing. Tony was still in charge that day. We went out, we beat Plymouth 5-2 and really, very rarely looked back. You know, it was just going on. But Kenny just, as soon as you see Kenny Dalglish, and you, I mean, you know that as a Scotsman, it's respect. And Absolutely. what a fantastic footballer he was. It doesn't matter what he's like as a manager at first. First thing you see is Kenny Dalglish, the footballer, yeah. and what he's done and what you've seen him do. Uh, but, you know, such a lovely guy. You know, really down to earth, really wants to help players to get better. And obviously he had a job to do. And th his job was now he got money to go and buy players. The first player he goes and signs is Mike Newell from Everton. Who won't come for Don Mackay, but he's going to come for Kenny Dalglish because he's his hero. You know, it, 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 massive change. He was a good player in Mike. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Really good player. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at your target, like your forward line here. Duncan Shearer, we're going to mm. talk about. David Speedy, Peter Fawn. Roy Wegley and Mike Newell. There's goals there, aren't there? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Speedy and Newell, when they got together, they were unstoppable in that, you know, in that season when uh, 91, 92. Um, 
they, they were scoring goals for fun. We had a good side. I mean, I was playing in midfield with Gordon Cowens. Gordon Cowens, wow. what an unbelievable footballer. One you know, back end of his career, right? Took corners, right foot from one in swingers from both sides, so right foot and left foot. You know, could he, you used to say to him, free kick there, and he'd go round and say, what are you taking with your left foot for, your right foot? No, I just take this one with my left foot. It's a pinpoint, you know what I mean? Whatever you want it, absolutely magnificent. So he was the one sat in there. I was the one doing all the running about, trying to get forward and helping the forwards and stuff like that. So we had a, a really good uh, combination there. Um, you know, the body, but other players in Alan Wright, little Alan Wright from Blackpool was one of his first. Great signing. You know, we needed a left back, brought him in. You know, looked like he'd been there for years. You know, so the signings came in and they, they really helped. We never never went overboard that season. It was a case of knowing what he needed to get out. Mike Newell broke his leg with probably, I don't know, probably 10, 12 games to go, uh, something like that. And it really stopped us. We lost six on the trot. So we were, we were winning the league comfortably. We must have been, you know, at least eight, nine points clear and uh, lost six on the trot. And we ended up four games left. We were in seventh position. So we ended up, uh, we, went to, we went to go to Trambia. Mike Newell was fit. Well, he wasn't fit, he was half fit. But he played against Trambia. We, we, we got a draw. And then we beat, I think we, we beat Millwall and beat somebody else. And then we had to go to Plymouth on the last game of the season to, um, yeah, we needed a win to get sixth place. And you got it, Yeah, you? Speedy scored out trick at Plymouth and... I think uh, Peter Shilton helped a couple of times, and he wasn't uh, up to up to standards in them days. But uh, it, you know, it was it was a hard game. It was a pressure game, and come through it. So we, you know, like I say, they were ready for the playoffs. Then. So we had Duncan Shearer, didn't we? Three yeah. Mm-hmm. Back. And he said he was just on thirty-two goals for Swindon, flying, and he said Blackburn signed him just to the threat, to take yeah. Swindon away. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. You know, I think that's. Something that they would have done. I mean, I know he didn't play much. He scored a goal at Barnsley, I can remember. Uh, Barnsley away, I think we won 1-0 and he scored. But from then, I can't, can't really see him playing much more. No, so he didn't. He was, he was just a decoy then, by the sound of it. Yeah. He was, so, wasn't he? Well, they signed, I mean, obviously, for a reason. Then came in, then left and went yeah. to Aberdeen, didn't he? I think he probably would have... You know, it was a time when Newell probably broke his leg when he came. Yeah. So he's probably brought in to do a bit of a job on that. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, well, probably took his money and ran. Then I would have thought a bad move in there yeah, for the big that's man. That's right, yeah. So you got promoted. Mm-hmm. Talked on the golf course. One of your best moments at Wembley. Yeah. But it nearly didn't happen, did it? Well, against no. no, I mean, like you say, the semi-final was two unbelievable games, or two, you know, really good side, two good sides going at it, really, and. You know, within 15 minutes gone at Ewood, in the first leg, we're 2-0 down and struggling. Uh, we managed to get a goal, but I think Newley pulled us a goal back and then Scott Sellers scored to make it 2-2. And then second half, we absolutely battered them. You know, we ended up winning 4-2. It could, you know, we had a goal disallowed that shouldn't have, been, uh, shouldn't have been disallowed, so that would have made it 5. But we could have had 6 or 7 that day. You know, we really played really well. So we we go for a four two lead and you know you're gonna take that after being two 0 down after fifteen minutes, but then the the game at the baseball ground was you know really tough as well. We had to hang on. Kevin Moran popped one in you know with a header that nobody else would have even thought about going for, but he's gonna go for it and headed it in, gives an away goal, which was most important. That that took us through in the end. We lost two one on the night, but managed to hold it out, which uh, 
which was great knowing that we were going to Wembley. The old Wembley as well. The old Wembley, yeah. yeah. So it was the first time for myself, first time for a lot of players. You know, so it was something to look forward to. And up comes Leicester. Yeah, another side, you know, beat us in that run when we lost six on the trot. Um, good, good players, you know, really strong side. They had uh, Ormond on the left wing, six yeah. foot seven, yeah. when he had something like that, knocking loads of diagonal balls up there. And that. so we, we, Steve Walsh and that, people like that. And so we knew we'd be for a battle, you know, but we started the game really well. We controlled the game, managed to get a penalty when Speedy got brought down. Uh, got ourselves in front and from then on we had a couple of chances I mean I went through and keeper brought me down in the second half and uh, we got another penalty which Mike Newell the keeper saved a couple of other chances I missed a chance that uh, uh, always goes through my head you know Wembley you think you can seal it I just tried to beat you no John but I tried to be too perfect with it right. you know I mean instead of just smacking it and trying to guide it in the corner and I didn't put enough on it and the keeper saved it. So it's just one of them things that you you know you look back on and think that could have been something could have been special. The, couldn't it? Could have been the boyhood yeah, dream that's it, scoring yeah. at Wembley. But uh, you know it was a great day. I mean it was red hot like it is today. It was yeah. unbelievable the weather. But uh, we managed to get through and uh, the party started. That was a big party oh, though. Massive. Well we used to have a pub in Blackburn called the Woodlands. And that's where we used to go every Saturday after so we'd come back from a game and the bus the team bus would stop at the Woodlands. We'd all get off. You take all the bags back to the to the ground. You pick them up on Sunday morning, you know, stuff like that. So we, we were all back there in the, in this pub. We had Kenny and his wife climbing through outside windows because he couldn't get through because it was that busy and all sorts. It was it was unbelievable. So Kenny had come in as well. Oh yeah, Kenny and Ray. And everybody was there. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. We had these um, what were the like uh, khaki suits on with a blue shirt and a blue blue and white tie. We looked like right idiots, but that was. Uh, that was like somebody give us a, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Red Hot Day with their suits and all that. So, yeah, no, but he's great. Yeah, really, really good, yeah. And did Jack do anything special for you as a team? No, I mean, the two seasons before, which yeah, it's quite funny, but he, he took us to Jersey. So the first season when we got in the Premier League, um, yeah, well, that, that, that was it, was it? When, when we got promoted, we went to Jersey. And uh, for for the next two seasons, and he said to us, um, "We get off the, we get off the off the plane and onto a coach on the runway, and he, he comes on the coach Jack, because oh, that's his island, you know. He he nearly runs it. He said, uh, "I'm going to give you these cards. Wherever you get, get these cards, anywhere on the island, you can go and buy presents for your kids, for your wives, anything you want. Whenever you go, just show this card, tell them who you are, and you'll get it for free. And it'll all come back to me." And we were like. Yeah, all right. You know what I mean? Somebody's taking the mickey here. So we gets in the in the hotel. We'd all got single rooms and all that, double rooms. Because so usually you're sharing, aren't you? Yeah. So we all got single rooms and that. So we're in, and then, so I, my room partner was Bobby Mims. And so he's knocking on my door within five minutes. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, well, we'll go for a pint down the pub down the road. So we get in the pub and it's like, should we try these cards? So we go, go to the bar, got this, and went, Guy went, yeah, fine, yeah, lots of two pints, and you go. Everywhere you went, it was free. In the nightclubs also, in the nightclubs. So, so we learned later on that um, Jack had played pool with this older of this nightclub. And Jack was really, he liked a bit of a, a gamble and things like that. So we'd been playing pool and this guy actually owed him 70 grand. Um, and he said to him, right, well, we'll play double or quits. And the guy went, well, I ain't got that much money. And he said, well, what we'll do 
if I win, every time I come to, into this nightclub, then uh, any guests I have, everything's free. And the guy went, oh, yeah, th yeah, that's great, because he thought he'd be bringing, like, three or four people in. Jack's not stupid. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He knew we were coming over. So he played him at pool again, beat him again. So he, the guy went, yeah, yeah, no problem. Any time you come, Jack, anything you want, just give me a shout. So we're in there for two nights, <laughs> and it was a costume of an absolute arm and a leg. <laughs> What was it like when you signed? Did you ever think, like, four years down the line, you're going to be in Premiership? No, not at all. Not at all. I think it was just a, a movement up the ladder for me, really. I think the progression for me from Division 4 and then to Division 2 um, was that. But it never even... There was no sign of saying, you know, this club can can go and win the Premier League in, in so many years, you know what I mean? There was no sign of it all until Jack came in, and that's... You know, it, it, it was a funny situation. As soon as Kenny came in, I think everybody knew what was going to happen. You know, you either you either fell by the wayside and moved on or you, you stuck in and tried to battle away and keep your play because you knew players were going to be coming in, you know. And it's... Uh, it, but you never, you never thought at any time that... You know, when, it, when I went there in 88, I went there, my, I think the first home game was... 5,000, something like that, on the crowd. And my last one was 31,000 before I left, you know, so... Incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. Were you always conscious of players coming in looking over your shoulder? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to have a funny thing. For all those that have been there quite a few years, Thursday was, like, signing day, wasn't it? So you had to sign on Thursday for you to play on a Saturday. So it, it ended up that players so newly would come in on a Thursday and then Alan Wright would come in on a Thursday and other players would come in. So, so as the seasons go on, you know what I mean, you... You sat there thinking, well, let's go. So every Thursday, you're in early. So any other day, you're not in like 10 o'clock. Just to be normal. Thursday, you're in 9 o'clock because you want to sat in your place. Because we've all got place on, on change room, haven't we? Sat in your place saying, thinking, is this player coming in to take my place? You know what I mean? And stuff like that. So it, it was funny. Who's coming in today? And all the lads, you know, you have a bit of a laugh and a joke about it. But that's what it was like. And there'd be, there'd be you know, players coming all over the place. See, Tony Parks... When he when he switched you that time when he when he took over as caretaker manager when he switched you to midfield, mm. master stroke obviously. Yeah. Do you think you would have made the same impact and stayed as long if you stayed at right back? No, no. I'd have gone that season. I think. To be quite honest, I think I got a bit stale at right back. You know what I mean? I needed a fresh chance. And the the as I said to you before about playing all them games that first season, when when he obviously Tony was in charge of the reserve team that time when we were short players because I was only 18, 19 uh, you used to come to younger players so I'd, even if you play in the first team would you would you play in the centre they'd always ask you they wouldn't make you play yeah. and it was like yeah I'll play but can I play somewhere else and he was like yeah come and play midfield so I played three or four games in midfield and that must have clocked in his head Triggered. you know what I mean so whether he'd told Don that and Don had said no I want him to play right back but as soon as that he came into it and then that's that it was a you know the biggest change in my career and it really Got me going, yeah. Like you said there, thanks to him. Oh, yeah. Having the first night to play in the middle of the yeah. park. Yeah. Well, she might not be sitting there with a no, premier. I don't think I would have been. No. To be quite honest, I'd have been gone, I think. And, you know, there was obviously better players coming in who could play that position better than I could. And you have to hold your hand up sometimes and say that. Talking of a good player, don't miss him out. Tim Sherwood. Mm, unbelievable. What a partnership you two have. Yeah. Well, we, we did. We, I mean, we just clicked. It was, I mean, to be honest... Tim came in the in that season, the ninety one from what uh, from Norwich 
in 91, 92 before we get promoted. So, so Tim was here the season we got promoted. Never played. Couldn't get in the team. He, he played two or three times early on and just couldn't get to grips with that standard. Do you know what I mean? So it was me and Gordon Cowans. We played all that season. We played at Wembley. Tim never wasn't in the beginning of the 14 at Wembley. You know, he, he had his suit on and everything. So, but then as soon as we get in the Premier League, that suit with Tim Shearer down to the ground. You know, it's a different story altogether. You know, so that first season, it was me, him, Gordon Cowans. I sometimes played on the right-hand side with Sid and Tim in the middle. I would play in the middle with Tim or whichever way we worked it. You know what I mean? We, we, we played like that. But, but then as we go on the seasons, you get to know players. And me and Tim had a, you know, the season we won the league, we had a fantastic relationship together on the pitch. We, you know, we knew where we were, where we were supposed to be. You know, who's doing what? Is he going forward? I'm sitting back. If I'm going forward, he's sitting back. Where we would pass the ball to each other, how we do it, how we defend properly. Everything like that's been worked on for them three years, building up to that season by Ray Harford. Do you know what I mean? It's all pumped into your head and that just came into point. And it's like, I didn't have to look. I knew where Tim was all the time. You know what I mean? It was just that relationship that come on. Did you do things off the pitch as well? Yeah, yeah. So you're not being close properly. Yeah, I mean, Tim used to live at um, Last Drop Village. Right. And at that time, I'd moved out to Darwin, top end of Darwin. So we were quite close. And uh, if we were going out, you know, we'd be on the phone and we'll go here, we'll go there and stuff like that, yeah, so. It, were you his uh, roommates as well? Were you his roommates? No, because I, I was room with Bobby Mims, I think. I, I can't remember who Tim room with, but uh, it was it was just it was just mainly really the connection on the pitch that you got. I mean, yeah. you know, he's uh, fantastic. I mean, he's a, he's a cockney, so he's he wants to be, you know, tough and uh, wants to be the, the the main man, which he was. I mean, there's a master stroke. I mean, the first year in the Premier League, uh, Kevin Moran was captain. You know, but then as soon as Kevin Moran left, Tim Sherwood became captain, and we were all like, Tim Sherwood. Why, why would you make him captain? You know what I mean? You've got Alan Shearer there, who's going goals for fun. And, but it was a masterstroke. He got the best out of Tim Shearer by making him captain. And an unbelievable thing to think about, yeah. Just by being the main man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he handled that being the main man just absolutely brilliant. Stroked his ego as yeah. such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Masterclass, aren't it? Mm. Well, it is. You've got, I mean, that's known your players. Yeah, it's just, it, it, I mean, yeah. You know, he, he's a lively character. He, all the lads loved him, you know what I mean? So it, it was the right thing to do. But if he'd have said to me when Kevin Moran left, who's going to be captain? I'd have said, well, Shearer will be captain, yeah. you know, straight away. Because he was the focal point yeah. of the team. Yeah, but no. I mean, we had more. When, you know, the, the season we win the league, there were probably five or six captains in there. Yeah. Because of big characters. Now we'd grown together as a team, as, as a unit over the years. And we knew, we knew what we were capable of and that's what we expected of each other. Oh, we can't miss it. Alan Shearer comes in. Mm. British transfer record. We were touched on it on the golf course. <laughs> did he have a great first 45 minutes, did he? No. no, he'd probably tell you himself as well. I mean, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek and, and everything, but, you know, we went to Hibs and I think he 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 just signed and he came and played the first 45 minutes and, you know, he, a couple of touches went missing and things like that and we were thinking to ourselves, what the hell's going on here? We just paid three and a half million for this lad. But uh, as soon as he got his uh, his way round, I mean, he, he was just unbelievable. I mean, the, the first game of the season, you know, to score two worldies at Crystal Palace, 
you know, for your new team. It just got him a flying start. It just and that's probably the whole world watching yeah, him as well, wasn't they? Unbelievable. He, you know, he, he's the best striker for me that Premier League's ever seen. You know, and I think, you know, if you played with him, you'll know how good he is. I don't think a lot of people don't realise how good he really was. You know, he could do everything. Absolutely. He mm-hmm. paid off my mate's mortgage. He paid off your mate's mortgage? He put 500 quid on every match for school score. Yeah. And in one season, he paid his mortgage off. Well, Honestly. Yeah. He just kept going on, on, and he just... We were frightening, weren't we? Before he got injured, yeah. weren't we? Well, you knew he was going to score. Yeah. Simple as that. Simple as. Yeah. I'm going to say something, though. I think this is a great start. So, you're in the Prem, first season, finished fourth. Yeah. I think that's unbelievable. Yeah. Had a team like Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Everybody, yeah. You know, the momentum's going there now, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we we were actually second, I think, for a lot of the season. Norwich were top for a long, long time of that season. Then Man United came and won it, you know, but uh, ended fourth. We were fourth the first season, so we made the UEFA Cup. So the next season we were playing the UEFA Cup, which was great for that club to in Europe. The second season, you know, we were chasing Man United and never, never really had a chance of catching them. We finished second. Um, and then obviously the third season was a Premier winning season, so... What was the difference the third season then? Well, the, the signing of Chris Sutton was the, probably that extra little bit of the jigsaw puzzle we needed, you know. And that was another British transfer record, wasn't it? Yeah. That's where the form, John. SES. SES. Atkins. Sutton. Yeah. There you go. I think I think that's only me that says that, but well, in my in no, my head, it's a no, good but one. But it makes sense when you look at it. Three top goal scorers. Yeah. I mean, don't say and say Atkins. Yeah. No, I mean, at the end of the day, we had a way of playing that that wanted the ball as quickly as possible to get to the front two players, and whether it was going out wide to get crosses in the box or whether it was coming through the middle and stuff like that. You know, we, we knew what we were doing. We had a a, a solid um, defensive unit. You know, the defence didn't didn't really make a lot of mistakes. It's a good keeper with Tim Flowers, you know, so we had a really good side, uh, really strong, knew exactly what each other's jobs in the team were. And you you put pressure on each other. Yeah. We weren't sat there thinking, oh, you know, we've done it now. Every game, we, we'd be saying, you've got to do this. You've got... If somebody went, didn't do it, they got told. And, and that's how it had to be. Because we knew, you know, we knew... After probably ten games a season, we were, we had a chance here because we were playing so well and beating teams quite comfortably. Did and Kenny say that as well? Was he letting, letting no. you know what you could do? You know, he he never said anything like that. You know, Kenny was always. Um, he, he knew what he wanted from you without having to say it. You know what I mean? He, if you had a shot from forty yard, you know, you come in at half time. You say, "Don't be doing that." You're not going to score from 40 yard. Simple. So don't do it. Do you know what I mean? Quite simple. That. Just simple saying, yeah. do what you're good at. If every player does what they're good at, you make a good side. It's, it's not rocket science, is it? Yeah, you know, so he's not got a training. No. No, but you'd, and also you'd, <laughs> you'd imagine looking at Kenny Dalglish and just by him just saying simply, don't do that. Yeah. You've disappointed him. You don't want to disappoint no, Kenny right, Dalglish. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I've got a story about Kenny that something that is logged in my memory will be forevermore. So we're training on the training ground one day, sunny day like this. 
And Kerry Halls used to be joining the training. Ray Afford do all the training, him and Parksy. And, and Kerry just joined in when he wanted to be five a side or once could join in a possession and stuff like that. So we're playing this five a side, seven to eight side, whatever it was. And uh, I'm up, I'm in the opposite side to Kenny. So Kenny's playing and he's like, he's moving here, moving there and all that. And so I said, said to him, ball goes out of play. So I'm like, Jesus, Gaffer, I said, you're on fire today. You can't get near you. He went, I am, I'm watching your shadow. <laughs> I went, you are? He says, I'm not going to watch you. I just watch your shadow on the floor like that. I don't have to move my head that much. So if you, your shadow goes one way, I'm going the other way. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, that's another level, isn't it, for me? It is another level, why, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Don't need to know. I know I we could, are I couldn't even. Yeah. I couldn't even watch ball at times. I don't mind watching Shadow. <laughs> but like you said, that is another level. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. And that's how sharp he was. Mm. Yeah. Starting to get a good team, I think. Graham Lassau. Yeah. Batty. Some proper players coming in now. Yeah. But Stuart Ripley and Jason Wilcox were yeah. big players, weren't they? As well? Yeah, well, Jason, you know, he was a young kid when I first went there. He was a couple of years younger than me. He's brought himself through the ranks. Great. Did brilliant, you know what I mean, left winger, uh, really good pace, got himself an England cap, you know, one or two, I don't know how many it was, but uh, really deserved it, you know, did really, did great, because he, he was one that got a bit of stick, I myself, one season, the season we, we were poor, got a bit of stick, you know, from the fans, and, uh, you know, the two of us rolled it out, you know, you could easily dwindle and, and just leave, but, you know, I, I, once the players started coming in, I had to say to myself, I've got to be the best I possibly can every single day. Because if I'm not, then somebody might take my place. So while I was in that team, training and matches, I knew I had to give 100% and give as much as I possibly could. And that's what I did. And I think that's what people saw of me. You know, I'm not going to be saying, I'm going to sit here and say I'm the most skillful player in the world and can do this and do that, but I was a good team member. You know, and I, I would help whichever team... I, and I, I play anywhere, you know what I mean? He said, yeah. go and play here, go and play there. I mean, I got I got, I got got subbed after a minute in one game. A minute? Yeah. So we played Leeds at home and uh, they broke on us early on and one strike, I think it was Brian Dean went through, knocked it past um, Tim Flowers and he brings him down outside the box. So red card sends him off. So I'm, I'm playing, so the, I think it was, it was myself, uh, Bats, Tim Sherwood, and um, Jason playing on the left wing. So that was a midfield four. So now you're looking around thinking, who's he going to bring off? <laughs> so usually the biggest strike off, Sutton and Shearer. Are you going to bring one of them off? I don't think so. No. So we, I thought it was probably a minute and a half, you know. So I get brought off. A minute and a half, come Bobby Mims comes in goal. So get me win bonus and the, the appearance money. That's all you need, isn't it? Sacrificial lamb. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, it's just part of the game. Yeah. But you took it that way, didn't you? Yeah, you've got to, yeah. Yeah. I want to bring you forward now. Two games left. You're up there with Man United. Mm. What were the pressure like? Because United were winning everything. They were the best team, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, we had had two moments in that season that that a lot of us think about. The first one was early March. Uh, I think we had... We went... I think we went to Aston Villa and Colin scored and we won 1-0. Came off the pitch... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And the results came in. Man United beat Ipswich 9. 9-0 at Old Trafford. Now, goal difference, we were about 10 ahead. So that goal difference then, gone. gone. So we're now down to winning points. And then we got, about two weeks later, we got to Everton, uh, Goodison. And um, we kicked off, we scored within 34 seconds, something like that. I think uh, Sutty scored first, then Shearer scored. Within 10 minutes, we're 2 0 up at Everton, you know, coasting. They came out second half and absolutely battered us. We never had a kick, they were all over us. We were. We were scrambling things away and they scored to make it 2-1, you know, so the game really tight. But at one point, there's, there's something on YouTube where you, you, people can watch and it's, it's like there's about five of our players on the floor trying to head the ball off. Colin heads the ball off the floor before someone's going to kick it and everybody's diving in the way to block things. And we managed to get through it and pick the three points up. And when you look back on that, you think, if that had gone the other way, we might have folded, you know, but, but we didn't. Um, and, it, it, you know, we managed just to get over the line right at the end. Yeah. So he's known for his mind games. I was just going to say, Fergie did it to Kevin Keegan, didn't he, with the mind games? Oh, he was at it, yeah. Was he at it near the end there? Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. But Kenny was as good. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there's clips on the... on And everywhere you, you look at it and you go back to that season and uh, Fergie would say something and then Kenny would come back and say, well... We're only playing for three points or something like that. Say, so, you know, we're 10 points ahead. Or well, we're going to get three points today or something like that. And, you know, just to knock it on the head sort of thing, you know. But, yeah, they were they were at it. I mean, the, them games against Man United were were uh, brutal at times. Well, I, th- I suppose there was a little bit of spice in it as well because obviously they're losing out on Shearer. Yeah. And Shearer going, to, obviously, to Blackburn. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine that would have tipped it in their favour. You'd imagine yeah, oh, Shearer going in there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean the other thing that... That helped us that season was Cantona getting banned. You know, a, that was a Crystal Palace. Yeah. yeah, so he, he never played the back end of the season. You know, which obviously helped us, but it was all down to ourselves. I think we deserved to win it in the end. You know, obviously last game of the season was very tense, but you know you expect it, don't you? Got a great stat here. I've just worked it out. So SAS that season scored fifty eight goals. Did they? You got six. <laughs> <laughs> Shearer got a lot more than Slotter. Yeah. But he did, didn't he? That's yeah. some goal on a quiet one. 58 goals, three players in a team. Unbelievable. Yeah. And kudos to you as well for working that out know, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Stat man. Mm. On it today, aren't I? You are on fire. <laughs> and I have Hayley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Mark Hayley's sat here. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a cracker, that one. But nobody will see that, but in the intake, in the intake of the. Uh, Golf video. I lost the plot for a minute and said, We've got Mark Haley. <laughs> I played like Mark Haley, to be fair. 
No, I started off. I think you just I rubbed off on you, didn't I? <laughs> Definitely. So I'm going to go back to last game. Anfield. Mm-hmm. You kind of had to win and not had to win. I think it was just did you have to match Man United score? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was we. I think it was a point in front. Or something like that, or two points, two points in front, I think, something like that. But if they had a better goal difference or something. So the back end of the season for me personally, um I didn't play in that last game. So I played majority of the season. And then Bats Bats was fit. The last six games of the season, David Batty was fit again. So we we had to play quite a few games with I'd got a niggling groin strain, which I was getting treatment for every day. And things, but I was still fit enough to play. I was, I was doing it on the quiet to be fair, because I didn't want nobody to really know. But we knew I could still play. So we played Man City on a Monday night on Sky, and the heavens opened on Ewood. Uh, the pitch was just a mud bath, and my groin got worse playing in that. We got beat by Man City actually three two, and then we had a game on the Thursday, Crystal Palace at home. Tim Shearer was suspended for that game, so Bats that was the first game. Bats came back in, so myself and Bats played middle of the park um, and we we won 2-1 uh, so we got three points on the board then then there was I think it was probably we, we were going to West Ham on the next game away um, and he and Kenny picked Tim and Bats to play um, so I never played so from then on then, the, then it was D-Day game the game against Newcastle which we had to win on the Monday night um, we sure scored the back stick um, so we played the same two. So I never actually played the last four games. Right. Um, so we get to go into Anfield knowing that what we got to do, we've got to, uh, if we win, we've, we've obviously champions. And if Man U don't win, we're champions as well. So um, so we get, the day before, he names a team and the teams, is, is, he played, he went a bit defensively to be fair. He played um, Jeff Kenner as a, as a wide left player in front of Lasso. You know, so he changed the team a little bit. And, and and he said to me, he pulled me to one side, to be fair to Kenny, and said, uh, you know, you, you're not starting, but you'll be on the bench. Because I want you involved. So it was like, okay, fair enough. You know, it's, it's too big a game to be arguing yeah. and, and sulking and stuff like that. There's too much going on it. Um, so we we go, then, then we, th- this was the Friday. We go to St. Helens. We stay in a hotel in St. Helens, which... People weren't happy about because every time we'd been to Liverpool before we stayed in Liverpool. So there was a bit of rumours about why we stayed in St. Helens. We don't want to do this. You always want to do the same routine and stuff like that. But that's what we did. And then the Saturday morning came and Stuart Ripley had got a bit of a strain on his hamstring. But he was he still fit to play. So I got pulled again by Kenny and basically said, um, I need to, I've got to put... Uh, Robbie Slater on the bench because he's going to cover his position if he does pull up. So it was like, look, it's too late to moan. You know, it's done. That, that's fine. So we we get to the ground, and uh, there's there's myself, Kevin Gallagher, and uh, Jason Wilcox, Tony Gale, who who aren't playing, not involved in the squad. So they they start getting changed in the in the change room, and and Kenny comes and he he just basically says, look, this is going to be a terrible day for you lot, you know. Go and have a drink. Go in the players' bar and have a drink beforehand. You know, just calm your nerves a little bit. So, this was, what, if it was a three o'clock kicking, this must have been like one o'clock. So we've got two hours to kill here. You know, 
So we go in this bar, it's like a sponsor's bar, we go to the bar, we have a drink and have another drink and stay there, again. another drink. So and then there's this there's a singer come on, this sponsored bar, we're thinking. Somebody so around the corner, somebody's singing. I'm thinking, what's going on here in the sponsor's lounge? You bought a game, there's a singer on. So just didn't think all of it, stood still stood at the bar, and the and then who comes around the corner, drunk from the night before, there's a ruddock. He's grabbed the mic off the guys. He's singing songs to all the people around the corner. So, but uh, you know, we we had a few drinks and then we got in the uh, sitting the, sitting in the behind the dugout. And I was sat right, you know, in the old Liverpool where you come up the stairs, yeah. the 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 um, walkout. I was sat right on that wall. Across from me was a monitor with a Man U game on. So they were watching that as well, you know. And Kenny stood in the in the tunnel, so we knew exactly what was going on everywhere all the time. You know, we knew when they scored and and West Ham equalised and, and things like that. We knew what was happening, but you know, the day was just hard to bear. It was the worst day of your life, and then the best day when it when it finished. You know, but the lead up, the last, I think the probably the last ten games, I, I don't think I slept at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously Man U were catching us. Do you know what I mean? And you, you got it in your back of your head. Are they going to catch us? You yeah. know, we've had, we put all the hard work in, and all of a sudden we're going to lay down. You know, you know the get the post. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was difficult, but you know, the things yeah. were going to handle it. What was that? What was the dressing room after? What was Kenny like in the dressing room after? Uh really good. You know, Kenny was the type that in the dressing room he was one of the lads. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When it comes to match day, that was totally different. He was he was a manager, but anyway, in the change room, in training and things like that, just one of the lads, you know, laughing and joking, taking the Mickey out of people and everything like that. And it was exactly the same. So when we won, the, uh, Liverpool bought a case of champagne in there and follows and stuff like that. So we were we were drinking all that, and then we we decided. Um, so we had it all sorted that we were going to go back into Blackburn, straight from there into into town, and we got nightclub sorted and everything. So we get a call. On, I don't know who he was, we get a call saying, um, there's no way you can get him back into Blackburn. All the roads are blocked. All people on the, on the streets and everything, there's no way you're going to get back in. There's, there's queues miles long. So it was like, we can't stay here. You know what I mean? In Anfield. Where are we going to go? So Kenny says, I'll sort it. So he phones his mate in Bistro French in Preston and says to him, have you got a room spare that we can get in? He says, well, there's a, there's a band on downstairs says, but we've got a smaller room upstairs, you can come and, and use that if you want. So with all the families, you know, all the wives and the, the kids and everything and, and all the players, we, we, we had got on the bus, headed to this bistro fence, and we, we was in there all night, and then it, we was there for about two or three hours, and then the, the somebody from downstairs heard we were in, and they were they had their four, the four tops or something like that on, you know, mm-hmm. a, a mock, you know, tribute band yeah. sort of thing. And they were like, oh, no, get yourself down here. So we went and joined their party. And we were there like till five in the morning I got home. So it was a good night. I've got a stat here. That's a short Another one. one. That's oh, a short I, one. Oh, not a stat, it's a question. People listening, help me out. Has there ever been a player who signed from the last division club, fourth division, and gone away through on the Prem? But there's not many. I bet there's not many, no. Yeah, I don't know. No? Find out in the comments. There's definitely one. 
Yes, definitely one. I say yes. So <laughs> you're just putting that out there. You've not actually done your homework. You're just putting that out there. Well, I'm technically not going to start. It's a question. What yes. I am going to say, Big Jack, yeah. probably his dreams come true there a couple of years, yeah. one, one or two years earlier. They look after you all. I'm only saying that because noticed now the Wrexham players were in Vegas, weren't they? Yeah. Yes, they were. You see, they? because we had a bit of trouble the second year we went to Jersey. So that was the year before we won the league. There was a bit of trouble in the nightclub with people. The, 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 the press had found out where we were and they were, they were in the nightclub trying to set photos of everybody and, you know, and stuff like that. So they, they all got booted out and everything. So basically, we didn't go anywhere after winning the league. All we, did, we, did, we just parted ourselves in Blackburn and that. But, you know, the thing with it is the, the win bonus was, was good enough, you know what I mean, anyhow. What what you got with the with the win bonus? So much per game you played, and and that and through the season, what we had with the amount of points we got, you know. So we we got a, a fair crack of it, definitely. You're up here on a high. When did Kenny drop the bombshell? Straight away, just about. Straight away, said he was uh, going as director of football, and he was taking over. Yeah, it was a big shock. I must admit, because you thought he was. You know, he was made on just to try and do it again. But I think Ray was itching to get back into it as well, the management side of it. You know, he, he like I say, best coach ever. Knew what he wanted to do. Um, so it, it just worked out. And then, you know, we had, uh, like I say, told you before, we had a reunion, you know, quite a few years ago. And one of the things Kenny said is that he um, didn't support Ray enough that first season when he went upstairs. Right. And he says that because obviously Ray's passed away now. Um, yeah, he said he said he thinks he should have supported him more in that first season because you know then it wasn't a good season for the club. You know after winning the league, he thought he could try and win it again. You know, but started really badly. I think we got beat at Burnham early on in the season, one nil I think, and uh, just couldn't get going. You know. Do you think how how did I mean the players are obviously disappointed, but was was he still visible? Kenny around the place? Well, I, I, I left in September. So after the end of the season, after we won the league, I was out of contract. Um, so the, the talks were ongoing. We, we obviously didn't want to do anything while the season was on. Um, so it was put to bed until the season finished and then the talks were ongoing. And I'd been there for seven years. So I was after a three-year contract and a testimonial. Because obviously the money I was on was far less than any of these new players coming in because I hadn't had a con new contract. So the, the money wasn't an issue. Um, it, it was mainly this three years. So they offered me a two-year contract on 50, it was 1,500 quid they offered me. Shearer was on 10 grand a week in 92. This was 95. You know, so the other players have been in, all these top players are not going to come for 1,500 quid. Do you know what I mean? So, so basically it, it was put, nobody would move, so we were a stalemate. So I signed a uh, weekly contract and stayed because I wanted to stay. You know, my first thought was, no, I want to stay at the club, you know. I weren't playing, I was on the bench, played in the uh, Champions League game against Spartak Moscow, which was good to be playing in that, you know what I mean? But that was the only game I played that, that season until I left. So the, the, it all figured out the Wolves were wanting to buy me. Blackburn were wanting £2 million for me in nine, 95 on £1,500 a week. 
Do you feel a little bit let down? Yeah, massively. To be honest, John, massively. Yeah. 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 I mean, the service you'd given. Yeah. And, you know, you get to a stage at any club that you're not wanted. It's as simple as that. Mm. I didn't feel I weren't wanted. I felt of uh, undervalued. Oh, that's the word, isn't it? Yeah. Undervalued, isn't that, it? You know what I mean? That they think, I think they were thinking they could get me on the cheap again, mm. which wasn't, you know, that couldn't happen. Do you know? So it was stalemate all the way. And then I got so frustrated. I ended up, I came on a sub at Sheffield Wednesday in about the fourth game of the season. And we were losing 2-0, we got back to 2-1. And I, I played the last 15 minutes or so. And I got sent off right at the end for, for swearing at the linesman. It's something I don't do. Frustration. Yeah, it was just frustration of not playing and not being able to get a game and everything and, and that. So to be fair to Ray, he, he pulled me to one side at the end of the game and said, look, I know, I know you're frustrated. You know, there's a club fine that you normally get if you get sent off for that, but we'll just knock down there until I've paid it. You know what I mean? So it was good for us on that. But I wanted to play. It was as simple as that. Played, like I say, played in the Champions League, but then he said, got to September and Wolves were massively wanting us and it was a case of, we have to make a decision now or else they're going to go somewhere else with somebody. Uh, Graham Taylor was the manager at Wolves. And uh, so he said to me, there's a League Cup game, race point. the League Cup game I want you to play on uh, Tuesday night at Swindon. And I says, so we've played 10 games this season. You don't want to play me in any game, but you want to play me in a League Cup game. And I said, no, I'm not playing. So it was the first time I ever said, I'm not going to play. And uh, I said, I said, if you sort this contract out this afternoon for me for three years, I'll play. And he went, well, I don't think I'll be able to do that. And so, so I said, well, I won't play. I said, I've got to sort myself out, you know, and that's that forced to move. And the week after that, I signed for Wolves. And so agents had gone and sorted all the deal out with Graham Taylor. So that was all done. So on the, on the, after the, the game was on the Tuesday, on the Thursday, we dro drove to um, Molyneux and got there. On the way there, the chairman, Blackburn chairman of Obcar, phoned my agent and I was in the car and said, oh, we'll give him a three-year deal now on the Thursday. And I said, and he said, what? So he said, right, I'll see he's here with me. So he stopped the car, I said, what do you want to do? I said, no, just carry on. Too late now. You know, and to be fair to Wolves, you know, the deal was three times as much as Blackburn was going to give me. And the fact you're heading to another big club as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you know, great with, club. With the same again, huge yeah. history, everything else. Yeah, there were, there were, you know, supporters there were fantastic as well. You know, really go, go, you know, get behind your team followed everywhere in a great club as well so but it was just disappointing how it happened I'd rather yeah. said in the summer look you, you know you know you're not going to play you know going to find yourself another club or whatever because I knew there was other people after me as well so. it's a shame that I've said you're up here and then months later you just mm. yeah it's just football though isn't it it's is football learning that, sadly yeah. it's yeah. football and it's like you're uh you are you're a number aren't you yeah, yeah and definitely. when they say your time's up your time's up so yeah, yeah. that's it but I mean, it must have gave you a bit of a boost, though, when you when you think back and you, you an ex England manager wants you, wants yeah, you badly. Yeah. That gives you a bit of a boost. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, end of the day, the fee became a million quid, so I'm a million pound footballer. You know, so that was that was good. But uh, like I say, I, I love my time. I had four years at Wolves there. It was great, great place to play football. You know, the crowd are fantastic. Good set of players, good staff. You know, so great stadium. 
Fantastic. Playing, you know, great. And you'll know you played there quite a few times, didn't you? Always loved playing yeah. there, yeah. Bit of rivalry, the wasn't Big rivalry, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, for, from our point of view, it was. I and mean, they were big games at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you know yourself, you were involved in them. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, it was just and, good times. For and me. Graham Taylor was up front. He, he said his first words, he went in his office, first words were to me, oh, you know, I've got you a good deal there, I've signed you, so hopefully you have a, a good career here for four years. So all right, thanks very much. He said, yeah. He said, I'll only be here six weeks. He said, I'll be gone in six weeks. And he was. Sacked him in six weeks. He knew he was on his way. He knew? Hmm? You took over now. What, what, what was your thoughts, though? Because, I mean, when, when a manager says to you, right, sign here, son, there's a four-year deal. I've looked mm. after you there. You know what I mean? Good luck for your, your career. You think, well, I'm signing for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want me well, badly. I think at the time, I thought he was... You know, just saying it for the sake of it. Right. You know what I mean? I think in ways, you know. What I mean? And we were, to be fair, we started off the first three. We drew my first game there, and then the next three games we won. So I thought to myself, oh, you know, this is fine. You know, it'll be all right. And but, but as soon as you lost the game, that was it. Yeah. He was gone. He was just waiting for, you know, dead man walking sort of thing. You know. But yeah, it worked great. But I, I think the size of a club of wolves, it was always going to be a great move for me, mm-hmm. even though it was a, a step down. You know. So, yeah. And then Mark McGee came in, you know, and he was, he tried to keep it going that season, couldn't couldn't get anywhere really, just mid-table. Then the next season, we, he, we actually went to, um, took us to Austria for pre-season for 10 days or something like that. And he, you know, so we're thinking, oh, you know, I've been to Austria before, it'd be nice, eh? It's a lovely place, isn't it, in the summer and all stuff like that. And, It'd be hilly, man. Yeah, oh yeah, well, we didn't realise about that, but... So we thought, yeah, it'd be nice. This. So I got this training training um, venue and everything and hotel. So gives us his itinerary. We get off the bus. He's giving his itinerary. Thinking, what's he giving his itinerary for? This for like meal times and things like that. We'll see. Half past five in the morning every morning, four mile run. And then we're training at half ten, and then you sleep in the afternoon, and then train again at five o'clock every day. We've got three games planned while we're there. So within five days, two of the lads have done the cruciate ligaments because the, the work rate worked well, months, too, too early. Yeah. Tony Daly did his cruciate. Well, AD, AD Williams, a brand new signing, yeah, seven and a half, did his cruciate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now all his plans have gone because the way he was going to set up, AD Williams was going to play as a sweeper. So he pulls me, I've got a job for you. What's that? I know you want to play midfield, but will you play sweeper for me? I said, well, yeah, you know, doesn't matter to me, I'll play whatever you want me to play, you're the manager. So I ended up playing sweeper and played that full season sweeper. And, and the talk about now about playing from the back, right? The goalkeeper wasn't allowed to kick the ball. So this was, what, 96, 97 would it be? Yeah, 96, 97. So Mike Stow was a keeper, never kicked the ball. I also had to roll it out. So we rolled it out, to, so we, I'd be on the edge of the box in the middle, Dean Richards one side, and Mark Venus the other side, and we used to play out. Two wing-backs, Tony Daly, sometimes on the right, Jamie Smith, uh, Steve Fogg on the left-hand side, midfield players coming to get the ball, we played out. You know, but it's all new now, that, isn't it? Nothing's changed, Yeah, it? that's what I mean. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, Sweet loved it. Yeah, loved it. before. Yeah, I played it at Scunthorpe, you know what I mean? But... It was a different thing altogether because, you know, I, I had the, the... He let me um, 
you know, move from that back. If if the midfield was open, I could go in there into in. midfield and then midfield players step back out. Mm. So I'd step in and play and I scored a few goals by going for then strikes on goals and stuff like that. So it was good. I mean, I won a couple of player of the year season that year for them, you know, with the with the fans and, and things like that. So yeah, it was a good season, yeah. And Bully, obviously a top striker. Oh, Bully's unbelievable, yeah. Yeah, can't understand a word he says. No. No, but he's a great guy. Fantastic goal scorer. I mean, unbelievable when he gets in on one-on-one. You know, probably as good as Shearer one-on-one, I think. But didn't have the um, the hold-up play. Didn't really want to get involved in hold-up play. You know, wanted the ball in behind or down the sides that he could run onto. But, you know, great striker, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Very loyal as well, wasn't it? Oh, to yeah. Wolves. Very yeah. loyal. Mr. Wolves. Very yeah. loyal. He, he could have gone quite a few times, yeah. To this day, isn't it, yeah. Mr. Wolves? Yeah, Coventry were always after him. Who up front was it with Don Goodman? Yeah, Don Goodman was there, yeah. David Kelly. Yeah, David Kelly first, yeah. Yeah. Don Goodman. So very similar to the Blackburn project, wasn't it? Yeah. So they were spending a bit of money, just didn't get it. Yeah, I think, I think they went around, around it a bit the wrong way, you know what I mean? I think when Mark McGee came in, he wanted... He wanted the flashy midfield players and the number tens and do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and they just didn't click about a lad from Leicester, Steve Carrick, who was a good player, but just couldn't get into games at time. You know, and I think the thing that really got him was obviously I've said to you before, Robbie Keane being there as a kid. You know, for him to get out, you know, at seventeen I think he was playing the first team. You know, unbelievable when he came through and he just got better and better. So that was a massive bonus to everybody, you know. Didn't last long though. Coventry snapped him up. Yeah, didn't Coventry quickly. took him, yeah, as a young lad, yeah. A lot of money, I think, they paid for it. Mm. They did. So, next chapter, leaving Wolves. Yeah, so uh, like I said, a four year contract. I mean, the last season, uh, Colin Lee was in charge, Mark McGill. Yep. Got the sack, and uh, Colin took over. Um, I didn't, didn't play very much. I played for him at right back, got sent off, which is. I only got sent off three times in my career, and I'm telling you about two of them already. <laughs> but got sent off at QPR, uh, played at right back after being in the team for quite a long time, and didn't really didn't get back in the team. I think he held a bit of a grudge against me for getting sent off that day, and there was probably 15, 20 games left, you know what I mean? Something like that. So I asked to go out on loan, he wouldn't let me go out on loan, you know what I mean? So I had to just see the season out. That's got to be hard, that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was hard. Because somebody's played a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, football's a funny game, isn't it? You've just got to take what you... If somebody's in charge of you, you and they're not going to help you out. you just got to take as it is. I mean, he's a nice guy, Colin, and everything, but it just wasn't wasn't what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be playing football and like everybody else. So so the, the, the contract ended that ends 99. Um, and then I had, a, I had an offer from Walsall to go there. And so I didn't say I'd go, I said I'd go on tryouts so you'd see what it was like. And I also had gone up to the championship. Um, so it would have been close, you know, to stay where, where we were and everything. But uh, went went to train with the train at Lillishaw, Walsall did. So the manager was Ray Graydon. And so I get there and nobody, so in, in the change room and nobody's talking. I'm sat in the change room, nobody's saying hello or anything. You know what I mean? No saying no. It's really quiet. And the manager gets me and said, um, oh, yeah, yeah, just, just train and see what you think and stuff like that. So, not allowed to talk in training. 
So Abster on the side, and there's a guy, you know, he's playing that possession on the side, and somebody else, like, hey, you're all right, don't, don't speak. <laughs> says, what do you mean, don't speak? He said, Gaffer will go mad if you don't speak. He says, took your shirt in as well. They'll pull you for tucking your shirt in. I said, you what? He said, yeah, everybody has to have the church shirt tucked in socks up and everything like that. I said, well, it's like an army. He went, yeah, it is. He, he rules it. Right? So I didn't come back the second day. He just no. left it. Not for you. Yeah, not straight for, away. Yeah. Not for No people. fun or anything <laughs> like that. It looked like ridiculous it was. Concentration camp. Uh, so, so we ended up moving back to Doncaster. Right. Uh, 99. It's going to make a, we've obviously made a home here now again. And uh, just travelled then onto different places where I've played. So, yeah. But what was it like playing for your bio club? Yeah, brilliant. It's something I always wanted to do at some point. Uh, I went to York. I mean, Bobby Mims was a uh, goalkeeping coach at York, and Neil Thompson was the manager. So, first off, they were uh, uh, Division 4, if it was still that then or whatever. And so I went there for three months, signed a three month contract just to see how it went. And uh, in between, I, I was playing really quite well. In between, Reading came in for me and said, will you come up for a trial for a week? Uh, Phil Parkinson was manager and it was um, John Gorman that phoned me, who, who I'd spoke to previously when I was at Blackburn because he wanted, when Glenn Hill was manager at Swindon, right. he wanted me there then, like, so he knew all about it. So he said, come up for a week and uh, have a week, see what you think. You know, have a look around the place and see, see what you think. And, and said, but we'd like to sign you. I was like, oh, championship, you know, fine, yeah, okay, I'll come up. So I go up and said, so as a day before, I was like, what, what hotel am I staying in? He went, oh no, you have to get your own hotel. Like, okay, okay. So, so I go up there, book an hotel for a week and uh, get goes into train the Monday and the Tuesday, did all right. Uh, Tuesday, as I'm leaving, uh, John Gorman said, oh, there's a, there's a friendly match tomorrow night at King's, King's Tony playing them. Uh, do you want to play? He says the gaffer will be there, so he'll be able to, you know, make a decision whether he, he wants to you to sign out now and then or if he's still gonna keep coming like so right, okay, fair enough. I said I'll play that. So I played, played really well. No sign of Phil Parkinson. So I go in the Thursday, notes been notes said. So I go in the Friday, last day, and uh, I, I said to John, so What's up? What's happening? He went, oh, come next week. I says, what do you mean, come next week? I says, we're going to make a decision this week. He went, yeah, but the gaffer hadn't seen you play. I says, yeah, because he didn't turn up. You know, if he wanted to, he would have turned up. So so I had to pay for a hotel. He'd buy all my food and everything. They never pay for nothing for a week. So I just said to him, well, it's not good enough. I'm not a good bastard. So I just went back to York and played there. Then then Ian Snodding phoned me up, who was manager of Donny, who I've known for years and years. And said, uh, you know, do you want to come here? Come and play here for a bit. Be home to term, you'll be at home, is you know, no problem. So I just went and say, even though Donny were in the conference, I just went and signed there and enjoyed my football again. So yeah. a proud day walking out with a shot first yeah. time. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. It was uh, really, really well, you say a proud day, it was such in a way. Um which was not, not the best place to go. <laughs> I mean, Old you know? Trafford, something away. <laughs> <Yeah. away. laughs> well, where do you go? But, uh, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I ended up player, captain, manager, you know, because we had, a, me and Dave Penny had a role as a um, caretaker manager, mm. you know, the same in, in Donny as well. So, it, you know, it was really good. So, really enjoyed it, but, you know, it filters out, didn't it? Again, it's something you can't, 
take away from yeah. you. You've, you've yeah. boyhood club, you've played for yeah. them, you've managed Definitely. them. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So Yeah. But then I moved to Hull. Hull came in for me all in in the well whatever, you know, division four, whatever it was them day. And uh it was Brian Little was a manager. So he, he could be on deadline day when I was at Donny. And uh, so I, I said I'd go. There was eight games left, I think, of the season. And they were pushing to get in the playoffs. Um, and they made games, never lost a game. Got, got me in the playoffs. We just got beat in the first leg at Leighton Orient. You know, so that, that went really well. Me and uh, Gary Brabin, yeah. centre midfield. Yeah. At that time I was... I no. Was, by the way. Oh, big time! Was it the big lad? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm in me what mid thirties. So I, I'm probably thirty two at that time. You're the Cowans now, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm expecting some young whippersnapper to be running round for me. Doing so your I'm looking because across me, me and Gary Bevan centre midfield. Well, nobody's coming through us. That is for sure. You know what I mean? But we're not getting much movement out of us. But we did really well. You know what I mean? It was a type of situation he wanted and. Uh, got us in the playoffs, didn't quite get it. And then from then on, uh, I had a call from Kevin Ratcliffe uh, for the next season at Shrewsbury. And he met him uh, in Sheffield and basically he said, you know, what he's got loads of good young players, need somebody in that middle of the park that they can all learn off. And so I had two years with him there, you know, and some, some good young players, you know, uh, Dave Edwards and people like that. And, you yeah. sit in the middle of the park yeah, and just, you get yeah. the young legs running about you. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed them two years. Mentoring the young yeah. ones as well. Said so they only had to come two days a week, which was a bonus. You know? Travelling from Yeah, travelling from Donny, yeah. See, see, that's it, what I'm learning over these podcasts. Certain managers just know they get when they've got an they experienced player. Yeah. Yeah. Don't run the shite out of them, empty the batteries, yeah. just... Training, you're not bothered, you're just ticking over. It's yeah. about so that's why we sat having a, a, a coffee in this little coffee shop in, in, in Sheffield where we met, and he and he said, he says, you know, the back end of my career, he says, I know what it feels like. So I only train two days a week. He says, so I, I would only expect you to train two days a week. He said, if you want to go to Donny, because you've got a good relationship there, you know, you want to do an extra day or an extra couple of days to keep yourself fit, you can. You know, that's up to you. He says, but I only want you to come over for two days. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we've got, I've, you know, we've got oh, a lot of my uh, my wife's family have been shoes, but so I, I had a choice to stay over at times and stuff like that, you know what I mean, for games and, and things. So, yeah, Probably a little town. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful town. Mm. Oh, you played there, I was there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there for a while, so it was yeah. good. I enjoyed it. Really With the flooding. Yeah, yeah, used yeah. to flood all the time, didn't you? Used it? to get, get a phone call, uh, you can't come to the ground because yeah. your, boot, your boots are floating in water. <laughs> yeah. Game Meadow, wasn't it? Game Meadow, yeah. Game yes. Meadow, yeah. yeah. We had a little guy in the Coracle who used to bring the balls back when I mm, said that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the, say that the, the second season, so the first season we got, we were just, I think we finished seventh just outside the playoffs, which was great for Shrews because they're all down the bottom and that. The good see Nigel Jemson was there with us and Ian Wong joined us as well. So we had a, a good a backbone of a bit of experience in that. And the second season, we got to January and, I, and we went to Cambridge. And I went up for a header and I came back down and I felt my knee go a little bit. And I didn't think much of it. And I played on for about 10 minutes, looked at my knee and it was like that. Straight away I thought, there's a bit of damage done here. So I came off and... Um, Physio's like, yeah, it looks like you've done something there because it's obviously swelled up so bad. 
Uh, so I had to leave it for two weeks before I could go and see anybody. Went and seen him and the, the, the surgeon said, well, you've definitely done your cartilage, I can feel that. He said, but there might be something else in there as well, we'll have to see when we open you up. So I had the operation and um, he basically come back and he said, uh, you've done your, your anterior cruciate ligament as well as your cartilage. He said, I've mended your cartilage. He says, because you've had to leave it because of the swelling, he says, your ligaments have fixed back on. So they're fixed back to another ligament or a bone, whatever. And he says, I've tested it under anaesthetic when he was asleep. And you've got like 75% uh, of the of the movement you of get any out of the range, yeah. yeah. He says, so, he says, you'll never play professional football again. He says, if I, if, because if I, if I do the op, you're going to be nine months at least before you get back playing. That's going to take you to 36, 37. You know what I mean? So you're probably not going to play that anyhow. And he says, if, if, if we leave it, it's not going to be strong enough for professional football for everyday life. He says, but you'll be all right moving on sort of thing. You know what I mean? In life, you'll be, you'll be fine with it. So they just, you know, there was no point in me having the op. So I just, ret- uh, I was, the last season I retired. But the thing with that is that uh, Shrewsbury got relegated. They got relegated out of the league into the conference because they just went on a, I'm not saying it's because of me, yeah. but they just couldn't get results and spiral. So the the last game, midweek game, was a, a game against Carlisle which we had to win on the Tuesday night and Carlisle came and got a draw, which meant they were relegated. So on the, so I was driving home that night and I, and the phone rang, it was Kevin Ratcliffe. He said, that call, he says, um, just to let you know, I've just resigned. I said, all right. I said, are you sure about this? You know what I mean? I said, it's not your fault. Some of the players have let you down and things like that. And he's like, no, no, I've resigned. It's my fault, it's my team. You know, I'm saying like that, he said, he said, but what I've done, I've put your name forward for the last game. So there's a game to play on the Saturday. He says, I've told him you should be manager. Caretaker manager for the game. So I was like, oh, okay. Are you sure about this? Like, yeah, yeah. So then next minute, chairman phones me up. Would you be okay to take the game, you know, take the club from, from today up until Saturday and all that, you know what I mean? So I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. So, so then he said, uh, so the reserve game in Rochdale tomorrow, can you get to that? To sort sort everybody out, so, so I had to go to Rochdale then, and then uh, we had. It was actually it's a bit of a coincidence, but Scunthorpe at uh, Gay Meadow on the on the last game of the season. So I was caretaker manager. Right. Yeah. So I managed to get a game in the in the football league as a as a manager, as a manager yeah, as well. So yeah. Anything happened from that game? I mean, obviously, you take that game. Yeah. yeah. Anything, I, I, any aspirations? I, with he them? Uh, he asked me to go for an interview. For the job, mm-hmm. um, uh, never got it. Jimmy Quinn took the the club and got him, got him straight back in the in the league. To be fair, so he did a good job. But yeah, there was always a bit of it. I mean, went I went non-league managing then, played a bit of non-league. I had a couple of years playing, uh, but I did my cruciate again. Same knee, went again. Uh, one pre-season on a um, all-weather pitch. Astrotone. Yeah, which was them days were awful, weren't they? You know, so that that stopped me playing. So I I, I just went to coaching and, and managing and managing non-league at Matlock Town for six years and had a couple of years at Staley Bridge, a couple of years at Harrogate Town. You know, in the management side. So was it was it always in your thoughts when you were coming towards the end that you were wanting to go into management coaching? Yeah, I wanted to stay in the game. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was a, something that you know interested me, especially with the managers been under. You know, we've been under Kenny yeah. and. Been a great, I thought Graham Taylor was at the six, seven week 
he was immense. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, how every every little bit he got covered. You know what I mean? His detail was fantastic. Did he get Watford promoted after he left Wolves? He didn't get Wolves, but he got Watford promoted. Yeah, didn't I he? think he probably did. Yeah. Yeah, the big went back the playoffs. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah he probably yeah. could have done. Yeah. He did. Though. Yeah. But like I say, when you when you've been working with good managers, I mean, you know, managers. That, I think I think what you learn is with good managers that they tell you the truth. Yeah, if they're up front, you know where you say, yeah. you know where you stand, don't you? Yeah. And, and yeah. good managers are strong enough to say, yeah, if you've been rubbish, they're not to hate rubbish. People. Yeah, and you know, you don't have to tell you one thing and do something else. Mm. Yeah. Apart from the detail, what made what made Graham Taylor stand out? Just his way of doing things. Yeah, you know? I mean, he had. Um, Steve Rich, Richards, is it? I don't remember. His, his assistant was just hilarious. Steve Harrison. Steve Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Hilarious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They make a very good couple. But his, his training was quick, you know what I mean? It was fast, it was sharp. You weren't there all day, you know what I mean? You got got you done what you wanted to do and then he was off and, and that, you know. He, he, he was always bringing me, because Gordon Cowns had moved to Wolves before me. So when I moved to Wolves, I was playing midfield with Gordon Cowns again. So we knew each other and he knew that. So he's always getting me and him together saying, oh, what about him? What do you think he's doing about it? And stuff like that. And, and it opens it up to to get your thoughts on it, you know. So he was quite good with that, yeah. But I, really, I, I like playing with him. I thought I thought he was a, a manager you, you would want to go and yeah. play for, you know. Yeah. Well, probably didn't get the fair end of the stick, did he, yeah. at times? No. Yeah. Do you think it was a backlash of England? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think yeah, that, that definitely... Got him, didn't it? You know, mm. it's bound to, isn't it? Yeah. The things that you know, the things they were they were saying and, and stuff. You, you you can't do that. It's it's not nice. Not nice to anybody. What I am going to say, we're nearly wrapping up now for John's fifteen. Last one. What are you doing yourself now? Well, I, I um, do some work for BBC Radio Lancashire. That's the main people I do the commentary for. So, do any of the Lancashire teams of? Uh, we have we have eight teams. I can't do Burnley. We're not allowed to. Burnley players aren't allowed to allowed in the place. No, we're, not, we're not allowed anywhere near. So, uh, yeah, so covering, covering a lot of games and being all over the country, which is great. And then uh, day to day, we have a, me and my brother-in-law have a family business that uh, plastering, dry lining that we've, uh, we've got still going. So that's the main uh, things that so I'm up to. Changing room. Yeah, nice yeah you, can never, you can never get it back, can you? You know, the, the change, even, even being a manager doesn't really get you back because you've got to you've got to separate yourself from the, the players and things like that but you know the, the times in the change room the things you can't you can't get back no. you know it's, it's like we even on the buses and things I mean I'll tell you a quick story we went on the bus from um, for, we were going to West Ham on a game down the M6 and it was chock of the M6 it was stop and start Blackburn yeah for Blackburn and so we all sat at the back and you know last thing you, you want to do is get footballers bored so there's about six of us sat at the back on the, the two, four seats. And, the, and what can we do? Right, so we're, we're now we're travelling down the M Street. We've got past all the traffic. So Tim Shearer looks up, he went. Scarif. Now pulls the hammer down. So you know there's a break if there's a hammer butt thing there. Pulls that down in on the window. He says, I'll tap it. The next one has to do it more. And you have to work your way around. So stupid, aren't we? Absolute idiots. So we're all like that, aren't we? Hitting it and oh, we'll pass it on, you know, and everybody's jumping. So it's getting to a stage where you're nearly smacking window. You know what I mean? By the time it goes round, so he newly gets it, smacks it, window smashes. 
So, so we're all crouching over our own table. Next minute, we're all sat there like this <coughs> in the seats. Bus pulls over onto our shoulder. What's going on? What's going on? You know, Kenny comes back. So Tim Shearer was frantically trying to put this thing back into uh, into holder, right? But it's got a, it's got a lip on it that you can see it's broken. You know what I mean? So somebody's broken. So he's trying to push that up. And so Kenny comes up. What, what's going on? It must have been a stone gaffer. Must have been a big stones coming out window. Now Kenny's not daft. You know what I mean? So he looks up at the thing. He went, right, all right. Then. So we so he goes back. Bus driver pulls over. Let's get some polystyrene out. The the, the um, what they call it, you know, the black, black bin liner. Yeah, bin liner sort of stuff up against the window. So it's a big window. It's like you know, yeah. big, big size window. And so we sat there. We're just laughing and laughing. You know, nothing was said. So so newly went, but it was freezing. You know what I mean? It, the wind was just coming straight through. And newly went. So there's six of you. Give me a five each, and I'll sit by the window all the way to London. So we've got another four hours left. So we went, all right. And so we left him, sat, get, sat, he's got about four coats on, sat like that right next to the window all the way down to London. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? But these things happen. Like you said, footballers bored mm. is danger. Well, yeah. Danger, the stupidest Unbelievable, things. Yeah. yeah. The things you, you could, you know, you could say is ridiculous. Right, Mark, we've now come to the time. It's the John's Rapid 15. Pretty straightforward. I'll start it with the first. Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods. The Open or the Masters? Masters. Tea or coffee? Tea. Favourite manager? Kenny Dalglish. Old or new Wembley? Old. Favourite all-time player? Glen Oddle. First result you look for on a Saturday? Blackburn Rovers. PGA or Live Golf? PGA. Ronaldo or Messi? Messi. Best stadium playing in? Oh. Wembley. Lynx or Parkland golf? Parkland. Favourite team growing up? Doncaster Rovers. Hole in one? No. Favourite golf course played? Glen Eagles. Yeah, sorry, the Queen's course, that was it. Ryder Cup of the Open? Ryder Cup. That concludes the 15, Mark. Thank you. No problem. Been brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely. Could listen all day. Could listen all day. Yeah. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.